2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes
1: and fees may vary.
3: It's 9 o'clock.
2: It's time for more 92.9 The Game tonight. As we get you caught up with all things Atlanta sports and beyond. On sports radio, 92.9 The Game. Welcome back in 92.9 The Game tonight. Final hour here. Still got some interesting stuff coming your way. Uh, it is Abe Gordon here, taking you all the way up to 10 o'clock, as mentioned, live from the Key Studios. I realized in all my uh, fur to decide what bet I should make, and we're going to get to that in just a moment, because I got some interesting uh, interesting suggestions already online. Uh, I forgot to ask my man Oren uh, if if he would be interested in the Kirk Cousins 2 and 90 full and guaranteed to the Atlanta Falcons. Oren, the floor is yours. What
1: are we thinking? So, I uh, read some stuff today where the Falcons, if they uh, can do some restructuring and they can get John New, uh, Mike Hughes, and Taylor Heineke's money off the books, they'll have more than $40 million in cap space coming into this offseason now. You still got to, at some point or another, decide what the future is for A.J. Terrell. Um you're coming up on a uh, picking up a fifth year option for Kyle Pitts. So at some point or another that, that, that money's not gonna all be, you know, it's not gonna stay forty million, but even though there is an abundance of cap space this offseason, I think it's better served to put weapons around whomever is quarterback. Listen, I like Kirk. I think Kirk is a above average NFL quarterback and to have an above average NFL starting quarterback in this league is it's huge. A guy that you can put out there seventeen, seventeen weeks out the season, and and know that he's going to give you positive results more times than not. Carl Dukes had a point today, like we talked about, seeing Lamar Jackson out there and seeing those quarterbacks in the uh, the championship games. Like he he wants a guy like that where you can just start them with no reservation, no hesitation, and know that like this is the quarterback. He's going to do what he's supposed to do. He's going to win ball games for us. I think Kirk Cousins can win ball games here. I think Kirk Cousins could be successful here. But I think $90 million over two years is too much for Kirk Cousins. And the other question is just what
2: level of success. Because you either win a Super Bowl making that sort of commitment or you don't. It is, it is a binary code situation. It's, it's the, a one or a zero. You either get it done or it was a mistake.
1: The question you have to ask then, like, I mean, it was the question that I think you had to ask when Lamar Jackson was – the the idea of Lamar Jackson being here existed in It's never happened. Go on, you know that. We don't need to get into it. But no, it was the same the same thing though, where it was, are you one player away?
2: But at least Lamar is one player for
1: multiple seasons. We're talking about a two year
2: window. That like I said, that's that's always been my concern. All right. So I, I put this out on Twitter real quick because Like, it just, we've got a number of calls that are just like, give Desmond Ritter another chance. And if you, look, if you feel that way, that's fine. I personally do not. Um, and, And I just don't imagine that. More specifically, it's not whether I feel that way or you feel that way. It was whether Raheem Morris felt that way in his interview. And I just can't imagine that the interview process comes and goes with Raheem Morris as stating to Arthur Blank, and Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot, and the rest of the brain trust who was involved in that second interview, that the the plan is to see what we have in Desmond Ritter. I just don't think that's realistic. I don't think he would have gotten hired if that's what he came in and said. So we've had so many calls in support of that idea that I I I, I put it out there a little bit. I said, look, I, I'm like prepared to make like some grand declarative statement or bet that Desmond Ritter will not be quarterback one. For the Atlanta Falcons in week one. Now, I do have one caveat. If he's the backup and the quarterback gets hurt in training camp or preseason, that doesn't count. I, I, I'm talking about he either wins a quarterback battle or is named QB1. I'm not talking about some weird situation. So, let let's just let that be known. I don't want preseason game three, Kirk Cousins re-injuring his Achilles, and then be like, ah-ha-ha, ha. not only did we lose $90 million, but Abe lost his bet. So I'm talking about him winning the job, okay? Not talking about some backdoor nonsense. All right. So we got a couple of interesting suggestions, though, in regards to a potential punishment or bet payoff. Uh, Robert sent uh, sent me a message said, "Shave your head if Ritter starts first game next season." I would not be opposed to that. My my only concern is I would feel like that's the uh, a coward's way out. Because I get my hair cut so short anyways, it almost doesn't feel like a punishment. Like, I, it would be weird for a couple of days, I'd get
1: mocked. There, would it be the reverse Maybe thing? that's the punishment? No, the punishment should be you but should... Let, let it grow let out? Let it grow out, yeah.
2: My mom would love that. She's been asking me to grow out my hair for 30 years. And I'm like, ah, it gets annoying. It gets annoying, so I'm cutting it short. Um, Bob, Bob over here, I, I don't know what Bob's deal is, man. Bob's looking for... Like maximum pain, Bob says I should run a marathon a month. and I like it should if I felt physically I could hold up to that. i I would find a way to do that if I had to. Uh, I had real issues during the the training and the lead up to the one marathon I did with my knee. and, and, and I just i could I could barely walk for three days after every long training run. And so, I don't know what's going on with my knee. Well, I do know what's going on. I, I went and saw someone about it. It's a mess. Uh, not the knee, but, like, what leads to the issues in the knee. It's not getting fixed anytime soon. So, uh, unfortunately, that would be out. It's just, it's, it's just I, w- I wish it were a better situation. Uh, Tim said eat 50 hard-boiled eggs. I said, Cole like, cool-hand Luke? Luke style. Like, first off, I don't really eat hard-boiled eggs. I don't know if I like them or not. Not bad. Probably not. I probably don't like them. They, they did what? In Cool Hand Luke, it was 30. So, 50 would be a problem. He didn't give me a time so limit on that. I was going to ask
1: that. you, how long do you have to do Yeah, this? I don't know.
2: It was one a day for 50 days would be just, it was just breakfast at that point. Uh, Tom, Tom Branch wrote in and said, buy and wear some air frickies. New balances. Some problem with that? It's just it's just comfortable. Unless they're super expensive. Uh now, Skippy Boo might have the leader in the clubhouse here. Skippy Boo just sent me a message and said, "If you lose this bet, you have to
1: eat boneless wings in front of Randy again." I mean, that's a real punishment. I think that is an extreme. Uh, not just eat uh, boneless wings, but you have to have a truly with him. He as well. he, uh, he might shun me like for good. Yeah, if I were to order boneless wings a
2: second time, and a with a truly, Randy might legitimately shun me. Uh, and. and we have a pretty good relationship right now. I don't. I don't want to welcome that. So <laughs> we're not. We're not going to head that. But yeah, it's some fun. Some fun discussion. I, I. I really am. I mean, I kind of talked myself into it. You guys didn't talk me into that. But I, I'm like, I really am at the point after so many calls defending Ritter today, where I'm just like, I'll throw it out there, man. I'll make a bet that there's no way this guy. I, I need to run it by, like, senior. Put it out there on the air expert, Mike Bell, because I know he's done this a couple times, and and I need to get his thoughts maybe before I make it official. Uh, All right, but without further ado, it is time uh, on 92.9 The Game tonight when we head outside the perimeter.
1: It's time for Outside the Perimeter on 92.9 The Game tonight.
2: All right, so this is the start or the point, excuse me, of the show where I like to take a Glance around some of the top national sports stories, headlines, and topics. A couple of interesting things. And we really haven't talked about the NFC and AFC title game much. Uh, Obviously, I had it planned, but some of the Kirk Cousins stuff really got going. So, I'm going to save some of that talk for next segment. But I will say this. The Super Bowl line between the Niners and Chiefs opened at two and a half, with the Niners being the favorite. It almost immediately jumped down to one point. So, despite the fact that the Chiefs lost one of their top pass rushers to an ACL injury, the line has moved towards Kansas City, and um, I can't really blame them. We're going to get into what we saw yesterday. Orin and I will break it down, but uh, Patrick Mahomes is just outstanding, and and he's the reason uh, look, the defense, I'm not trying to take away from what Kansas City did and Spagnola did on defense, but uh, there's just something about Patrick Mahomes that is keeping multiple other quarterbacks from the top tier. Uh, he's holding Joe Burrow down a little bit. He's obviously holding Josh Allen down a bit. And unfortunately, yesterday, in the last line of defense, he held Lamar Jackson down a little bit. A couple other things. It might be of interest, by the way, to Atlanta Falcons fans. We've had this quarterback discussion all night. Let's continue it uh, in a slightly different manner. Senior Bowl activities kicked off today and by all accounts for his height Michael Penix has unusually large hands you know uh, hand hand size aside Michael Penix's draft stock is going to be very very interesting to watch as he completes this process
1: it's just one thing that the people are going to look at the most the, the hand size you well, no, them damn medicals well, there's that. Honestly, that's not the whole discussion, though. It
2: really isn't. Why not? Because I think there's concerns about his ability to perform under pressure. And I say that because, and I mean a literal pressure. I mean, I'm not mean. You can't move
1: like, though because because of the legs, though, right? Given yeah, that's not the issue.
2: Uh, it, what I mean is, after he lit up Texas and had the game that he did in the semifinals of the college football playoffs. There were people discussing Michael Penix as a top-ten pick. You go from that to an awful, disastrous game against Michigan, and he's not even in the first round. I mean, there's such a wide gap between where his high-end potential could be and then the fact that he may not even be QB4 anymore. A lot of people saying J.J. McCarthy, even Bo Nix could go Before Michael Penix. And, and look, it only takes one team. I think we understand that, right? You just fall in love with him. That's all it takes. But it will be interesting to see how he gets mocked and how he gets projected. And I know, look, I don't take mock drafts as, as, you know, perfect. But I do find them interesting to see where they have certain people going, why they have certain people going, and and the idea that certain teams may fall in love with certain people. But, I mean – it seems safe to say at this point he's not going to be QB1, 2, or 3. In whatever order it goes, it's going to be Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. And you may – Caleb seems to be the at one. You could flip Daniels and May if you want. I don't know. Maybe maybe Caleb's not a locket one. But those seem to be the top three. After that, I mean, Michael Penix could be QB4, but, like, he also could be QB7. I have no clue where his stock's going to end up by the end of Senior Bowl and the Combine and Pro Day and all that stuff. So, very interesting stuff there. A couple more comments uh, in the NFL. Steelers owner, President uh, Art Rooney II, said, We've had enough of this. It's time to get some wins. It's time to take these next steps. Now, he's referring to the Steelers' inability to win a playoff game since... When was the last playoff win? Was it 2016? It may have been before that. I don't remember. Either way, they're, they're talking about his frustration, the owner of the Steelers, his frustration in the inability to win a playoff game at the same time that he's working on an extension for head coach Mike Tomlin, who does not have a deal heading into next year. It, it it's, it's a precarious scenario because it sounds to me like he wants to support Mike Tomlin, He's working on an extension. It also sounds like if they exit early next year, he's ready to move on for Mike Tomlin. It it was almost an out for Mike Tomlin to walk away on his own this year. And there might be a situation where they bring him back and a Rooney has to actually just fire him. They have to move on. That's what that quote says to me. We've had enough of this. It's time to get some wins. It's time to take these next steps. When I see that, what I think is if you don't take these next steps, changes will be made. You're saying that at the same time, you're saying vote of confidence, working on an extension. Tom Lazar got those, those two things, don't go together. They just don't go together. So I don't know how that plays out. One last thing here on Outside the Perimeter. Joel Embiid missing his second straight game tonight. We're denied the MVP
1: battle tonight. It was going to be Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. He's getting closer and closer to that 65-game threshold. So he can only miss five more games the rest
2: of the season. Now, he's missed two straight because of that knee concerns. And so I'm just saying, like, this rule was dumb when it was put in. It's going to cost potentially cost Embiid an MVP this year. It just feels like it's going to be changed as soon as they're able to change it. I think they're going to take it away. I just, I don't think that they they felt in year one it was actually going to cost people awards, and it is. And this is not, and I said this from the start it's not a lot of games to be able to miss if you actually get hurt. Like Tyrese Halliburton, if he gets nicked up again, he can't be an All NBAer. Like, because of this hamstring injury, if he gets hurt again, he may not be able to be an all nba like it just it's going to cost players too much money. I think they're going to get rid of it uh in the long term uh Robert says uh he he was the one who suggested shaving my head, and I said shaving my head's not a penalty. He says, okay, and my eyebrows.
1: I did that one time I shaved my eyebrows You
2: sound like it did not go well. It did not go well at all no i was uh I, I scare like, kids. I can tell you that it was twelve when I did it. <laughs> Well, that's just you being a dumb kid Very dumb kid, yes yeah, This would be punishment I mean, like, honestly, shaving my head might be punishment Just for, like, the awkwardness And, like, like personal confidence issues it would cause me Like, like there, there may be a little bit of that Also, I mean, there's always the petrifying fear What if it doesn't grow back?
1: I still think your best bet I mean, bet some is, of it will grow back, but huh, maybe not all of it. I Man, still you think know. your best bet is eating a boneless wing and drinking a Truly in front of Randy. That's that's the best punishment My problem
2: me. is I would enjoy that.
1: Yes, and that's the I what, mean, like, I wouldn't enjoy
2: Randy's reaction, but the food and drink combo I would probably enjoy. I've never had a Truly, but, like, I imagine I would like it. It probably tastes like most of the energy drinks I have, but can
1: get you blanked up. That's, that's the one. That's the one that needs to happen. I don't know. Maybe.
2: I'll run it by Randy. We'll we'll see. We'll, I, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I did a run well, it run by because Randy. because they'll probably come up with, like, a much stronger, like, very, very harsh penalty. So, we'll, we'll see what happens there. All right. When we come back, AFC title game, NFC title game. Barely talked about it. 30 seconds at the start of the show, but that was it. Let's dive into what we saw last night and maybe get a first-moment look at the Super Bowl as well. That's what's coming up next. It is 92.9 The Game tonight, live from the Kia Studios. I'm your host, Abe Gordon, and we are having fun on a Monday. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. You know, I had the same problem yesterday, Orin. I declared it my radio host toxic trait. I wait till too late in the break to try and squeeze down some chipmunk food over here. A granola bar. I'm barely finishing it as we're coming back for break. It's two days in a row. Got to get better at that. You know, it's funny we got here because... If I I just ask listeners... Would you be open to Desmond Ritter being the starting quarterback week one next season? It would, like, it would have been like a wild amount of no's. But I asked about Kirk Cousins, and if you're interested in two years, $90 million fully guaranteed, and somehow multiple callers are like, not, not him, but well, what about Ritter? I just, I, I don't know how that, I don't know how we got here. And it got to the point I got so frustrated with people suggesting that Desmond Ritter might be QB1, week one, that I, I put out there that I'm, I'm on the precipice of just throwing it out. I, I'll make a declarative statement if I'm wrong. I, wh- what's the punishment? I, I, I continue to get some tweets. One says simply wear an I Heart Ritter shirt. That's from Mr. Dope. Uh, I've got a couple that says wear Saints jersey. Uh, you got to
1: wear those publicly, though.
2: I mean, okay. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna uh, in the uh, street. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously of Peachtree. Well, I, I mean, I'll walk on the streets here. I think park in a garage and drive home. I'll, I'll wear it in the streets of Dunwoody oh, while walking
1: Chipper. The mean streets of Dunwoody. I mean, you never know, man. Seen some stuff. <laughs> Seen some stuff out there. I'm sure you have. But,
2: yeah, so I just – again, if I had just asked how many of you are open to Desmond Ritter being quarterback one next year, like it would have been a resounding no. But I asked about Kirk Cousins, and now we got a bunch of people saying, "Eh, give Ritter another shot. What is it that people saw in
1: Desmond Ritter
2: this year? They're just blaming the coach. They're blaming the coach saying that he could have been better with someone else. And, and look, maybe that's true. What if you're wrong and that's just him – and now you've wasted another year. That, that's that's my biggest concern. Like you can't waste another year. The
1: ceiling is much lower than the floor is higher here with this. It's a lot more to lose than you have to gain. By I, going I, to a I, I've said this. I don't year.
2: think he got better over the course of the season. I don't think the game has slowed down at all. Th- that's my biggest concern. From week what was it? Week fifteen last year. Week week 16s, six, whatever. Week fourteen was the buy. So week fifteen was his first start. A year ago, right? He goes 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. Wins home games, loses home road games. And then, like, I just – I don't think the game has slowed down for him. I think that's part of my issue.
1: Just go look at some of the horrible turnovers he had this year that weren't a result of play calling. Yeah. Like, that wasn't Arthur Smith – telling him to throw that football where he threw it in that Carolina game. That wasn't Arthur Smith. That was uh, Desmond Ritter's indecision. I think that uh, – which one? Are you talking about like on the spinner Rooney? No, the oh, one okay. late in the season that was the uh, – Oh, the, the end
2: of traffic in the as traffic, he's running, yeah, running and, to the like, red yeah, zone. That's, that's, that good, that's not
1: a good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, that's not a good one. That wasn't a good one.
2: Cool. I, do, I just find it interesting that we've got so many Desmond Ritter defenders. And, and look, I don't have a problem with Desmond Ritter, by the way. I, I think I, – I've said this before. I'll say it again right now. I think he has a long career ahead of him as a backup quarterback in the NFL. I think he's got traits that can make him a successful backup. I don't know if he's quarterback one. I certainly don't want him quarterback one here. And you know what? If he goes somewhere else and he gets coached up and he turns into whatever, I'll eat that. Fine. I'm wrong. I don't think you're going into the season with Desmond Ritter as quarterback one, even though that's been suggested multiple times at this point. All right. AFC title game NFC title game and we have a Super Bowl set. Let's start with the early game yesterday, the AFC title game. Chiefs win 17-10. Interesting because you had so many points uh, right off the bat and then it really slowed down. A lot of credit giving to Spagnola, Spagnolo, uh the Chiefs defensive coordinator uh for the job they did in handling Lamar Jackson. I think rightfully so. It just wasn't there for Lamar Jackson. And something looked off about him. I don't know what it was specifically. But something looked off with Lamar. I don't know if it was hesitation to run, if they were being confusing with the scheme and the defense. But but uh, it just didn't look – I mean – To play the way he has all season long, to play the way he did in the divisional round where he had two touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns through the air, and then only being able to muster 10 points, something looked off. And here's the other aspect of this game. The Ravens may have been the better team. And I don't mean like I think they're the better team. They just happen to lose this game. They may have been the better team yesterday. I don't know how this game is different if Flowers doesn't fumble into the end zone and that gets converted into a into a touchdown. I really would like to have seen it because it seemed like the Ravens were driving. It seemed like the Chiefs had stalled out on offense. And maybe they got conservative. Maybe they got into a position where they just said, look, they're not moving the ball on our defense, so let's just... Let's just play it easy, and whatever happens, happens. I I don't know. But you look at that game and how that second half shaped up, and obviously you can't take away the mistakes. The fumble going into the end zone, the interception into triple coverage at the goal line, it's inexcusable stuff. You, You don't win playoff games looking like that. But the Chiefs do get it done. They head in with their defense to the Super Bowl. Now, more interesting for me is the NFC title game. And, Oren, I want you to pop on here because the 49ers come from behind. Uh, They're down 17 at one point at halftime, as it were. Um, They're down 17 because Dan Campbell decided to kick a field goal to end the first half. They end up winning, though, 34-31. The Niners send the Lions packing. And... A lot was made last night and continued today. It was actually one of my favorite things. That I, I probably one of my favorite things I've ever seen on Twitter after a game. The the headbutting between that's who Dan Campbell is, and I love him for it. And how could he not take the points? This is a not the same the situation, situation yeah. and all the headbutting between those two sides of he should have kicked the field goal and. Love him or hate him, he went down swinging. Like, it wasn't even making arguments in favor of or for. It was just yelling at the other side. <laughs> How do you not understand that? This is why I hate people. How do you th- – I mean, it was incredible. It was outstanding. And I know my guy Nick Costos was leading the charge. It might have been because he had some money on some yeah, certain props uh, and who knows. Some certain things who in the knows? Game. Who knows? Not saying. But he was definitely on Dan Campbell, do you. And uh, it was pretty funny to hear him call people out. Where were you on the decision and the process of Dan Campbell uh, in this game, but more specifically in the second half?
1: So I'll start with the end of the first half going into the second half. He should have gone for it. That and was a bigger problem for me than any second half decision. That was the moment where you put you could have put them down 28-7. Like, that, that could have been the dagger right there. But in – San Francisco got the football to start the half, and then they do what they do. But, no, that was the moment where he was a bit too conservative. And then the other times he should have been a little bit more conservative, so to speak. Like, it's it's – got to be careful with these road playoff games, man, because it's just – anytime you can get points in the second half of a ball game against a team who at that point was just surging and surging and surging and – To his credit, Dan Campbell, after the game, partly the reason why he did what he did, he told his players, look, I don't know if we'll ever be here again. I'd like to think we'll be here again. I want to be here again. But if we're being honest, the road to getting back here again is not going to be as easy as it was this year. So Dan Campbell played. That way, where it was, hey, if this is my like, with Eminem, Eight Mile, take it to that. If you had one shot, that that was his that was his thought process. This is my one shot. I got to go for this. That being said, though, kick the field goals, man. Like you, you change the you change the direction of of San Francisco. You change plate. Like you just you change so much when you put those points on the board. More than anything, too, you have San Francisco see that there's more points on the board that they have to overcome. Like it's one thing to kind of. You know, get that fourth down stop and know that it was an empty possession for, 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 De- for, for San Francisco, but I mean, for Detroit. But just, just take the points, man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have
2: no problem sticking with you being you. And your identity is that you go for it and you went for it. What befuddles me most is that that wasn't your identity to end the first half. You cowered up at that point and then got back to it in the second half. I, I think going for it in, at the end of the first half would have been the right decision, make or miss, wh- whether you get it or not. That was the one that confused me most. I understand people wanting to deal with the situational stuff and all that. Here's what you can miss me with. ESPN's win probability nonsense. The ones that we have seen have said 99.9 or even 100 at times only to watch the other team win. I don't want your percentages and your statistics uh, about what it would have meant for your chances. If I were head coach, I would have taken the points. I would have kicked it. I'm conservative in that regard. But... If Dan Campbell is going to be the most Dan Campbell that Dan Campbell can be, he had to go for it. And and I understand the hindsight of it. Some of those plays were called properly and players simply dropped the ball. And I think if execution gets done differently, we're calling Dan Campbell the gutsiest, blankety-blank, as a head coach the NFL has ever seen, and a genius. And I think we see this crazy onslaught of guys going for it on fourth down all the time and never taking the field goal unless it's longer than six to go. I mean, I just – I understand in hindsight we're criticizing it. He's not calling plays that he doesn't think are going to work. And so I, I understand him going for it. It doesn't bother me at all. It's unfortunate they ended up losing the game the way they did, but it didn't bother me at all. I don't know. That, that's just me. I, I, it, if that's going to be you, if that's going to be you, go for it. Now, the other thing that befuddled a lot of people and, and was a little confusing was the idea to run the ball uh, late in the game on third down, forcing yourself to call a timeout. Where's the second play call? Uh, Obviously, that could have been handled differently as well. So I'm not saying he coached a perfect game and things went sour. That is not the case. Uh, But uh, just some of the calls that are maybe being questioned are not the ones I would question. That's all. That's all. All What is
1: it about coaches sometimes that just in those late-game moments, they become just the absolute worst coaches possible?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. We've seen it multiple times over multiple levels. I, I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it, it comes down to what they trust their players to do and be able to do. It, it It's one thing if Kyle Shanahan had to use a timeout because Brock Purdy, whatever, whatever. Like, you would think Jared Goff, who's been in big games, been in big moments, would have been able to handle that. I don't know. I, I, don't, I mean, it's, it's a fair question. I don't have an answer. And uh, unfortunately, neither did the Detroit Lions on a number of plays that could have ultimately extended drives or gotten them points. And they are now sitting at home for the next two weeks preparing to watch the 49ers in the Super Bowl. All right, when we come back, last segment, and it's a discussion I've kind of been holding on to. Honestly, I'm kind of tired of holding on to it. I want to go ahead and use it. Uh, Bill Belichick, not the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Will he ever be a head coach in the NFL again? We're going to talk about that and see what the future holds for Bill Belichick here in the final couple of minutes on 92.9 The Game tonight. I'm your host, Dave Gordon, coming to you live from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.
1: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. is the mark of a fighter.
2: You know, one of the interesting things that I've learned and have gotten more accustomed to dealing with is just, like, bots and trolls on Twitter. And welcome back in. It's 929 The Game Tonight. I'm your host, Dave Gordon, live from the Kia Studios. And, I mean, it got real bad. Not bad, but, like, the the biggest dose I received of it was when I suggested that I was excited for the hire and announcement of Raheem Morris. And... Gave some reasons why, and blah blah blah, and people got uh, some people agreed with me. Obviously, I think my favorite like bot or troll is the one who has no punctuation in their entire blurb of of a, a response, and then just claims I don't know anything about whatever the subject is—football, basketball, Trey Young, starting pitching, whatever, whatever we're talking about—that they just respond, I don't know. Anything about that. And and then I go to the profile, Oren, and you have to click over to see what their replies have been, and it's just been nonstop 40 minutes or an hour of just replying the worst possible things to everyone.
1: Basically, yes.
2: I, I mean, it's so funny when I see this guy hasn't tweeted an actual tweet in eight days, but he spent eight straight days replying to every different host on the station. Every different talking pundit out there with other media, and that's all they've done. Like that's all they've done. They say a lot of times, by the way, it's copy and paste, and you send the same thing to like 18 different people, all talking about one topic. I think that's my favorite bot and troll. I I could just like mute or block people. Sometimes it's just honestly, it's too darn entertaining to see some of the negative stuff people convince themselves of either about me or about the teams here or whatever, I I, kind of enjoy it a little bit. Sometimes it does anger me, and I'm like, I got to get off this thing before I go psycho. But it's kind of funny. I don't know, like, what sort of impact the bots and trolls think they have. But, I mean, I'll just say this. You got a much better shot of me responding to you if you have a, a real picture in your profile, if it's not a name followed by seven numbers, that's probably that's probably a good sign, too. So if you can avoid those in your profile, you've probably got a good shot to actually interact on social media. All right, so Bill Belichick is not going to be hired by the Atlanta Falcons. Thank goodness. And of all of the candidates that were interviewed or discussed, he's probably the only one that I would have been kind of bummed out about. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm saying I would have been bummed out he was the guy. If he was, I would have rallied the troops and supported him as soon as they you know as soon as I got my I gave people 24 hours of frustration and then you and then you're into it. And that's how I would have acted towards it. But it is an interesting situation now for Bill Belichick because the one job that seemed like it was possibility, it seemed in fact like he was a favorite for. He does not get, and so there's a couple of options for Bill Belichick in the future, and I'm not really sure what the plan is for him. Look, there are still two open jobs. None of them have talked with him yet, at least to public's knowledge. Seahawks and Commanders doesn't feel like the Seahawks would make sense based on just getting rid of Pete Carroll and the Commanders. To me, just empowered, uh, a bright, up-and-coming GM, I don't think they're giving Bill Belichick what he wants. What seems most likely to me is he sits out a year and comes back next year. And you try and figure out the teams that would interest him. I don't think he's taking one of these teams. Like, let's just say... I mean, I guess they're going to have a quarterback potentially, but let's say Matt Eberflus doesn't get it done and the Bears fire him. Like, is, is Bill Belichick interested in the Bears... It I just doesn't feel that way. I think there's three jobs that are going to interest Bill Belichick a year from now. And despite questions about how much control he'll have and all that, I, I just don't think that Jerry Jones, if the Cowboys fail again under Mike McCarthy, I, I just don't think that's going to be a reason not to bring Belichick in. If they think they're that close, and those are the jobs that I'm looking at, if Bill Belichick. Like, if I gave you these three jobs, Orin, or the field, for next year, Bill. let's say Bill Belichick is going to come back to coach next year, I'll give you these three jobs or the field. Eagles, Bills, Cowboys, or the field. What would you take, Orin? Of those three? Or the field. No, no, those three combined into one or the field. Like, I just think of if he's going to be coaching next year,
1: it's going to be one of those three jobs. Give me the three. Yeah, I won't take the field because I think if the Cowboys job comes open, I think that's the most attractive one to him. So.
2: I think the Cowboys make sense. I-, I do also think, to be honest, that the Bills are one to keep an eye on. There was a little bit of talk this year about McDermott. Has he reached as high as he can go? Some of the frustration there. I don't know if that would be a good move, but I know there's some thought in that momentum. And so that'd be one as well. And then obviously Nick Sirianni's kind of on, on, on weathered legs here as well. Yeah, the ice and
1: is extremely yeah, thin. Would, thin.
2: Would, would that be a situation for Bill Belichick? Would he move into a GM or analyst role inside of a team? I'm not talking about broadcast. I mean, would he be a, strictly a personnel guy or, or some sort of analyst that would help a, a, a franchise? Is that possible? Is he going to slide into TV or broadcast work? Look, I've heard both ways. I tend to lean towards I don't know how good he would be, but I've heard some people suggest he would actually be outstanding as a broadcaster. Uh, I, I would have to imagine it would be studio work, not an in-game analyst, but I have no idea. Uh, and would he, would he actually retire? Like Would he actually just ride off into the sunset that close to the all-time wins record? Because I still think that's what's driving him, is, is trying to get the all-time wins record. And he's, what, 15 away, I think. I don't know, man. It, it was weird. Like Like, for a guy that everyone calls the greatest coach of all time to get one interview, like one serious look, just felt odd. You know, I saw a discussion, Oren, yesterday after the AFC title game that, like, Andy Reid might actually be the greatest coach. And their their defense to that was if Andy Reid was fired today by the Chiefs, do you think he'd only have one job interview? And the answer is obviously no. Uh, other teams are going to to interview him. I know we're talking about different ages and different whatever, whatever. It's not all equal, but I, I did find that interesting. That in, in terms of that, you know, the discussion has continued in regards to Desmond Ritter. I, I just, I, I just don't get it. Like, like you can come you up with that, that that nest there, huh? Well, I, I just. It doesn't, first off, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And and I'm not saying that all of the Falcons' issues were Desmond Ritter's. Yes, there are issues with what Arthur Smith was doing. There's no doubt about it. But a better quarterback, I think, can somehow tread water or float if you feel that Arthur Smith is limited. A better quarterback gets away from that. Like, we were having an actual discussion if the Falcons were even in better off with Ritter over Mariota. Like, that was a real discussion we had this year. Like, even Mariota at least did more for you, ran the ball a little bit better, stuff like that. I I, I mean, I, I know Reese is out there because Reese kills me on the Twitter. It's just, like, like, dude, what are we trying to defend here? We trying to defend Desmond Ritter to the point where he's QB1. Like, that's what this segment of Falcons fans who are saying Arthur Smith was the problem is suggesting. I'm not saying Arthur Smith wasn't a problem that held this team back. There's no denying that. I absolutely agree. He wasn't the only problem, though. Quarterback was a problem. Desmond Ritter was a problem. There are multiple games you can literally point to where Desmond Ritter held this team back, cost this team the game in the flow of plays. That wasn't Arthur Smith with a bad play call. If Desmond Ritter didn't see a guy wide open, is that Arthur Smith's fault or is it Desmond Ritter's fault? If Desmond Ritter throws in a double coverage, how's that Arthur Smith's fault? Was that the only read he had? Now, in some situations, yes, it was. But in others, probably not. Is it Arthur Smith's fault that he called a quarterback run left side that Desmond Ritter fumbled at the goal line? Because to me, it looked like good play call that should have led to a touchdown. And it looked like a quarterback held you back. I just, there's just no world, no world in which Desmond Ritter is completely absolved of holding this team back. It's just not, it's not reality. If you want to play the blame game, Arthur Smith deserves his fair share. I'm not arguing that. But you can't put it all on Smith and take it completely off of Ritter. There, there, there's way more sides to that. I can't, I mean, I can't believe I had to address the, the possibility of not, – not even for, like, one person. Like, multiple people called up today and said, I don't want Kirk Cousins, but you know what I do want? Desmond Ritter week one. I, I just can't understand that. I mean, I get he's cheap. Ah oh, man, you tell me. Maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm the only one at the station who feels that way. Like maybe I'm just widely off on this, and whatever bet we end up coming up with, I'll just have to own up to. I I I just I, I would love to poll every other host here. I would love to poll everyone, and just get a, a general feel of not even will he be. I mean, should he even be given an opportunity to win QB1? I can't – I mean, maybe two out of 15 or 16 hosts say yes. I don't even know who those two would be.
1: Just, we won't get fooled again by that, eh? We will I just can't believe
2: I had to address that so many times today, and I'm getting hammered on Twitter about it. Give Ritter another shot. It wasn't his fault. It's just just no way. There's people blind to stuff. And look, you know, I might be blind to certain things too, but I just blame the defense for losing three games, but you don't blame Ritter for losing the other three. Like, what are we doing here? I just don't get it. All right. When we come back, we're going to put a bow on this thing. It is Abe Gordon to to wrap things up here live from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey app.